Welcome to Exposure Therapy, and today my guest is Daniel Agee, Community Marketing over at Glass, which is a new uh, app for photographers, which I've fallen in love with as of late, and so I thought I'd reach out to see if uh, one of the minds over there would, wouldn't mind coming over here to uh, have a little chat about the app and uh, give it a little bit of a spotlight. So, uh, Daniel, thanks for coming on today. Really appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me. I am always here to talk about photos and nice things on the internet. That's like my whole thing. Awesome. I appreciate that. So uh, you yourself are a photographer as well. I've seen your stuff on glass and uh, maybe you can tell the audience a little bit about you and kind of how you got into the art of photography. Yeah. So I, uh, I grew up in relatively rural Idaho, um, middle, kind of, you know, middle of nowhere. Had to drive for 45 minutes for anything worth doing, sort of uh, middle of nowhere. And um, I grew up not straight. And so, you know, like a queer kid in the 90s in Idaho was not in a good thing to be, right? You know, wasn't wasn't a uh, enjoyable time. Um, and so I spent a lot of time uh, with myself and my own hobbies. And, uh, you know, my grandfather was a photographer. My father was a photojournalist before he went into radio. And I just kind of, you know, used it as an outlet for myself and my creativity. Uh, but it wasn't until I found photography on the internet that it really all kind of like came together. And I, you know, like came alive as a human being. Um, you know, I remember finding Flickr as a teen. I was like 11 or 12 when I signed up for Flickr. Um, and like the, the community that I found there, uh, you know, like, I can now easily say save my life, right? You know, like it, I, it completely shifted into who I could become and what I could do with my life and my time and how I could spend it and you know, the friends that I could find. Uh, and so, you know, I just really poured myself into it for a few years and really, really loved it. Uh, started shooting concerts, started shooting, uh, you know, my friend's portraits for MySpace and for uh, early Facebook profile photos, that sort of thing. And just kind of like fell into a photography um, career without, you know, really thinking about the ramifications of doing this thing that I love that has given me a sense of purpose when I didn't have one uh, for money. Right. You know, like through through a capitalism onto my uh, treasured hobby. And that went as well as it always does really poorly. Uh, and so I got really burned out after four or five years. I think there's like this. A lot of photographers that I've talked to since uh, and, you know, now talk to all the time with class, it feels like there's like this moment uh, like four or five years in as a professional photographer where you are just like burnt out on the rest of it. You know, like if you could only take photos for a living, if that was your job, so many more photographers would stick with the profession. Mm -hmm. But like taking photos is like five to 10% of your job as a photographer, right? And that other 90% is always evolving, always changing, and increasingly becoming more and more miserable, right? You know, like you have to learn how to manipulate a different algorithm so the people that are already following you will then one day see your photos on these other platforms. And it's like the 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 promise of uh, community and photography on the internet doesn't really, you know, exist anymore in the same way that it did in the early hours before we commercialized the internet. Um, and so, you know, I, I put down my camera, uh, in 2012, I ran a photography studio from 2000, 
2009 to 2012, uh, you know, like had a couple of other shooters with me, ran, you know, like came on board to run someone else's studio, grew that business really well. And at the end of that, I was just miserable. And it kind of coincided with um, Instagram coming out. So like Instagram came out and it was like fun to be on the internet and fun to post photos. Hooray. You know, but that was fun for friendship. And I tricked myself uh, into thinking that my, my iPhone photos at the time, right? iPhone uh, 4, uh, you know, like my four megapixel photos were scratching that same itch for photography for me. Uh, and, you know, like in hindsight, they weren't, but that's that's a me thing, not a not an iPhone thing, right? You know, like some some members on Glass take exceptional photos with just their iPhone. And it, like, it is magic what you can do with your camera phone now. But like for me, it lost all the intentionality that uh, needs to go into shooting for it to be the thing that it is for me to like really hit that spot in my soul that makes me feel joy. Um, and so for years I just, you know, like posted it on Instagram, but that was it. I didn't like pick up my real camera, you know, my DSLR for like almost four years. Um, and then I had a really great opportunity with a friend, uh, to shoot their nonprofit there. It was a medical nonprofit named Watsi. Uh, and they provided healthcare for, uh, individuals in, uh, non-industrialized countries for relatively cheap. Um, and so, uh, I, I got an introduction to the founding, founding team through, um, through someone that I knew. And I said, Hey, do you need any marketing help? And they said, no, but we do need someone to take photos on like an upcoming trip to visit a medical partner in Guatemala. Do you like, do you, can you take photos? And I was like, yeah, of course I used to be a professional photographer. How'd you know? Right. Uh, so like, I just lied. Uh, I was like, yep, I'm ready to go. Whatever you need. And they're like, great. We're flying out in like seven days. And I was like, okay. And like uh, overnight rented a, a Nikon D810 and a 24 to 70 2.8 to my home. And then like drove uh, through the middle of the night to get to Seattle from uh, Portland because Seattle was the closest same day passport office. So I went to, you know, get my same day passport. And, uh, you know, like four days later, met up with the team in uh, Dallas Fort Worth Airport while we were flying to Guatemala and ended up taking, you know, a thousand photos, give or take for all of their marketing purposes and storytelling and like just fell immediately back in love with it because it wasn't, a, you know, like I wasn't getting paid for this. I wasn't uh, there was no transaction happening and it was just like pure joy and and like care outward like helping and getting to tell the stories of the you know the people in the indigenous population that we were helping was like life-changing for me and it like reignited this passion for photography that was in 2015 and so since then i've been pouring in you know as my hobby rinse and repeat um and then uh, a few years later uh, my good friend tom watson the co-founder and uh, designer of glass uh reached out and was like hey we're i'm finally doing that thing that we've been talking about for years i'm gonna start glass and i was like hell yeah let's go uh and that was uh we worked privately quietly for um 18 months you know more or less through the pandemic we they started designing and coding at the end of 2019 uh but you know it clearly took off 
the the amount of time that was available for a side project for nights and weekends uh, <laughs> exponentially grew in March of 2020. Yeah, no um, and we had launched a private beta near the end of um, 2020 and then launched publicly uh, in August of 2021. So we are about two months away from our two-year anniversary. Uh, and, you know, here we are. So before we get on to the app, you said a couple of things I want to touch on. You talked about posting on Flickr, like 11, 12 years old. Um, sorry, 11, 12 years old, or was that 2012? So I I started, um, I started like perusing and using it uh, when I was 12. Right, so it would right, have been right. 2001. Um, what were you shooting on back then? 2001 was my family's, <laughs> uh, it started with, uh, my, my family's, uh, Canon, uh, DV mini cam video, right? Okay. The, the like little handheld camcorder that did the tiny DV cameras. They had a, uh, 640 by 480 still pixelated, just garbage <laughs> nonsense. I almost said... Can I can I say a bad word because I almost described it as a, a bad <laughs> word. It was it was like it was a it was a puddle, right? Like I grew up in Idaho, um, and I was surrounded by potato fields, and I used that camera was effectively a potato, right? <laughs> um, and so you you know like learned a potato, downloaded uh, a cracked illegal version of uh you know, Adobe Photoshop three, I want to say, right. You know, and then by the time I was like 15, I bought a, <laughs> I, I don't know if you remember the early aughts when you would buy uh software preloaded onto your laptops on eBay because there's a cracked key. So it just like stay there. There's no like over there updates or, or checking that it was worked. So I bought my first uh, Apple computer, like a, a, a PowerBook G4, preloaded with like $3,000 worth of stolen software uh, for, you know, like 1100 bucks or something. And, you know, like really dove into um, learning all the technical digital editing aspects of it. Um, so because like, you know, I have a 640 by uh, or whatever it is, like a 640 by 480 uh, photo, right. That's like worthless. And so like learning to manipulate things in Photoshop was kind of the, the only hope that I had of having something good at the end. Uh, and then after that, uh, we had a, I, I convinced my, one of my bosses at uh, a radio station I worked at to buy a Canon 20D. Uh, so he'd like really went on a limb for me and bought a Canon 20D. And then a few years later, uh, I convinced a separate boss to buy a 24 to 70 2.8 uh canon so i shot with that rig for a real long time uh and then when i started working professionally in the studio i shot with you know a 5d uh and then ever since uh i've been back in it it's either been uh nikon leica or now as of a few weeks ago uh fujifilm gfx oh wow yeah awesome amazing that's medium format yeah yeah yeah, well, I mean, it's a lie, right? Like, it's it's not a real medium format. The sensor size is still, like, um, you know, like, it's huge. 
but a six by seven medium format is still like two times bigger. And so it's like, yes, it's, it, it, it is way bigger than full frame and that matters. And you get wild results and like the dynamic range in it is bananas, but it's also still only like half the size of what a six by seven frame is. Right. You, um, you'd said that, um, you said that you sometimes shoot Leica and I noticed, uh, going through glass, there seems to be a heck of a lot of Leica shooters on glass. Yeah. And, and I love, I love what, what the Leica turns out. And uh, going back to what you said about shooting with a cell phone, how some people on glass do such a great job posting their iPhone photos, but it wasn't the same for yeah. you. I was talking to uh, Hulan Katuzi, who's on glass, who shoots Leica. And he was talking yeah. about how the camera is very kinesthetic and it's just very, just physically pleasing, very a visceral experience. And, you know, yeah. maybe that's why just cell phone photography, no matter how good your cell phone isn't doing it for you. Cause there's that element of being kind of that part of the camera, you know, it's a, it's a very meditative yeah. practice. It's hard to do it, I think. I mean, you can have a tactical result that's great on a phone, but you don't get the I think that, yeah, there there are like skills. a there are like a couple of things that are that are happening for me, right? Um, cuz I've been thinking a lot about this uh over the last couple of weeks. My uh co-host for the Glass podcast Endless Appreciation, uh Sam Hurd, he's a local um local to Baltimore where I live. Uh, wedding photographer and he's like incredibly well known and, and sought after and adored for his like uh, creative artsy different take on wedding photos uh, and he lent me the GFX and was like you're gonna love this camera you know every time I had come to visit Baltimore before I moved here I had just like borrowed a weird camera from him I was like give me a weird camera buddy like just give me something strange uh, and so, you know, every time it was just a different fancy camera with like some adapted lens from like the Soviet Union or something, rinse, repeat. And this last time he was like, okay, here's the, you know, like here's a medium format, uh, Fuji, you're going to love it. And it, it's got a weird old adapted Nikon lens on it. Everything's manual focused, uh, good luck. And also, you know, it's a, it's a 1.2, um, full frame uh f you know the aperture is 1.2 for a full frame so when you correct that to a medium format it's closer to like just under one it's like 0. 0.95 uh for your depth of field and so like you have a like a razor to focus on and it's a little soft and it's a little weird enjoy and i was like i don't believe you i don't think i'm actually gonna have a nice time like <laughs> at that point i had been shooting with a like a q2 for um almost two years i got the like a q2 as my gift to myself uh, for launching glass like that was our big hurrah and so I you know I was like no now that I have a place where I can really take my photography seriously for me I'm going to you know like commit to that by spending a amount of money that like hurts my soul uh, and so I did and it's magical and I love it and it's like the first camera I've ever loved as opposed to like I really love the photos it gets or I love the end result or I love this lens it's like I love this whole package and how it feels and how it uses it and then Sam gave me this like massive, you know, four times bigger, six times heavier, weirdo <laughs> camera. I was like, you're going to like this better. You're going to have a fun time. And I was like, I don't believe you. This is dumb and terrible. And then I took like three photos with it. And I was like, head over heels. Sorry, Sam, you're never getting this back uh, sort of moment. And like they're having, you know, like the jump between taking photos on my camera to how I felt with taking photos on my Nikon D810 
to taking photos on the Leica Q2 to now taking photos on the GFX 100S, there have been like each time there's been like a, a jump of sincerity and a jump of like motion for me, right? Like of, of what it feels like internally as I'm making the work. The GFX, because of the lenses I have for it, uh, is all manual focus. So like you have to manually focus it. I shoot wide open. It's just, uh, it, it's just my style. I, I, if I have ever stopped something down, it's because I'm taking a long exposure of a landscape, right? Like other than that, I'm always shooting wide open, whatever, whatever wide open may be, I am shooting it. Uh, so 2.8, if I'm shooting with a, you know, 24 to 70 on the Leica, that's 1.7 and on, um, the lens that I have right now for the GFX at uh, 1.4. Just it's just how I shoot wide open is my thing, um, and so like it it slows me down and it and it gives this like moment of uncertainty that doesn't exist with an iPhone camera, right? You know, like uh, an iPhone camera, you're always going to get a good photo. You're just it's really the 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 good to great uh, bridge is really hard to cross with an iPhone because it's not, it's not meant for photographers. It's meant for families, right? Like it, it's meant for snapshots. It's meant for drinking with your friends. It's meant for parties. It's meant for kids plays, right? Like it's not meant to, uh, capture a, you know, like a street image perfectly with a little bit of depth of field and like weird fall off. It's just not meant for that. And like those little edges, uh, those little edges and those little imperfections are what I love. There's a dog. There's another dog. Um, and so, you know, like optimizing for, um, uh, Ooh, I'm trying to wait, buddy. It would be great if you stopped. That's Poncho. Poncho loves to guest spot on any podcast I'm on. Oh yeah. no. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, like uh, th those little imperfections, um, of like what happens when, either you slip focus a little bit or what, you know, slow down, have to wait, miss your moment, have to wait for another moment, right? You know, like if you're, if you're trying to take a snapshot, like I'm primarily a street photographer right now um, with a little bit of portraiture work. And then I'm currently doing a weekly self-portrait project. Um, and so I, you know, like I'm shooting a varied amount of stuff, but the, all of the stuff that matters to me in my photography is at the margins, right? Like, the difference, um, the the difference of what I am shooting with uh, myself, right? Like if I'm doing a self portrait, the I, I'm shooting, you know, fifty to a hundred photos per portrait that's published, and the stuff I'm changing is like a quarter inch of my head, or like leaning back a little bit, or leaning forward, or like slightly shifting my facial expression, or you know, like moving the camera six inches to the right or six inches back or 12 inches forward, right? Like the the little touches that are like affecting the image are the things that I'm caring about. And so the things that let me do that more and spend more time being like a uh, hyper-focused on these minute details that like will shift things for me, right? Like I notice these differences. I don't know if anyone else will, right? Like but that, that's the point. Like, it's not for them. It's for me. Mm -hmm. uh, like, I, I am trying to share these little moments and these little uh, edges and, and taking the time and the focus and the energy to notice 
and then try to control them, right? You know, like the the magic in photography for me has always been, um, it's really hard to get like perfect magical little moments. And so trying harder and harder to reproduce it on key, you know, or like on demand as you need to is like the really powerful stuff that gets my brain going. So, yeah. Your uh, your work actually on glass reminds me, uh, you talk about street photography, a little bit of William Eggleston, which is pretty cool. So I don't know if you have any, any, any influences, but uh, yeah, not to toot your horn <clears throat> too much. You mentioned uh, when you fell in love with photography again, shooting Guatemala on that, uh, uh, yeah, for the, uh, yeah. Yes. Uh, and you shot on the 24 to 72.8 and I shoot, uh, similar enough for 28 to 70. And, yeah. um, I just find, uh, how do you feel the differences? Cause there's, there's that, and there's like your 7,200. Those are the two kind of like zooms, right. Yeah. That everyone has. So, I I, th- I feel like that twenty four to seventy makes you because you have to stand closer to get those close up shots. It makes you feel more in that situation versus sniping from kind of the the uh, the cheap the cheap seats there with the seventy two hundred. You can kind of feel that difference. Um, yep. How do you, how do you feel that it gives that gives? What feeling do you think that focal length gives the uh, gives the image? Yeah, in your documentaries. Yeah, yeah. So I think there's like this. Um inclination or when you're earlier in photography uh non-professional or or, uh, you know i don't want to use the term hobbyist because like that's not most most photographers aren't hobbyists right you know like i don't i don't think that that is the correct um term for a lot of photographers right like there's whatever the level is between professional and hobbyist right of like oh you're not semi-pro but like you're taking it more seriously than you would like of woodworking I apologize to all woodworkers. Um, <laughs> I watched a woodworker. <laughs> yeah, carpet carpentry is a wonderful, wonderful hobby. It was good enough for Jesus, so you know it's good enough for you, uh, but yeah, not good enough for me. Uh, <laughs> photos only. There's like this level of like intention that I think goes into it and and effort. Um, and I think earlier on or or before you're really deep and professional, I think that there's this inclination of you don't want to be there. Right. Like you kind of like want to stay a little back. Uh, You want to, you know, like as you described as like sniping these photos from far away, um, which is more comfortable for the photographer, but often leads to less dynamic images if you're shooting people. Right. Like I think most of the time I think you should get closer. Right. And my uh, my my photography tips uh, have can like be boiled down uh every everything i've ever learned about photography is uh get closer right like just step closer to your subject step closer to whatever the thing is like leave something to the imagination right you know like most photographers um especially people that are just starting out really want to show everything right like here's the thing uh but i think it's the little details that you can get in on that actually like make you feel more in the thing right you know like an individual um like a one of my favorite um things in the world (laughs) the the straightest thing about me is i love baseball i just love baseball uh and like i really love taking my camera to baseball games and taking photos of just a baseball game right and you know like a lot of the time people will go to a baseball game and they'll be like here's the stadium here's the field but like 
you don't actually have a good enough point of view anywhere in the stadium to get like an exceptional, great, you know, moving image of the field. You just don't, right? Like, but if you take, uh, you know, like one of the photos that I took uh, a couple of weeks ago at a game in Philadelphia uh, was just like of an old man watching the game, right? Uh, just like you can see his white hair, you can see, you know, so like I, I framed in really close. Uh, we can pull it up later. But so I like framed in really close and uh, had the two people sitting because he was a couple of rows in front. So I had the two people that were sitting there framing him tightly and then his, uh, like his jersey was a Phillies jersey. And then like having the field way out of focus, way behind him. Uh, or like, no, that's a different one. So like that, but that same sort of thing, right? Like that photo of those two old men is going to be better than any photo of like Shohei Otani that I could get, right? You know, like the, if you, if you look at that photo again, there's uh, the row I my best friend was visiting and so he bought us row one seats for that game uh because you know we're gonna see the best baseball player in the world go play baseball so we might as well buy the best seats available uh and we were just surrounded by japanese tourists who flew in specifically to see shohei play and pitch and it was incredible like there were like three people speaking english and then everyone else was speaking japanese around us and i was like i love baseball right like <laughs> world sport world sport um but like those two old men uh you know like those two old men talking and watching and like you know getting their expressions is going to be a way more impactful image than anything i could take of like the obvious stuff and so i think that one of the things that uh you know like the the 70 to 200 allows is like really tight shots and and getting something close to that but i prefer the emotion of like mm -hmm. It, it, given given the option, I would rather shoot someone at like 24, 28, 35 up close than the same composition at 200. Uh, because like I think that there's there's like uh, you know the the compression that happens at you know 200, I think loses a little bit of the detail that I'm looking for that like gritty detail. Um, I don't know. Uh, rambled a little bit, but like I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a wide, I mean, I'm a wide guy. So like the my my preferred length, my preferred zoom lens is an 85. My preferred focal length is 35 all day, uh, and then like I have learned to love a 28 because that's what's on the Leica Q2. Uh, before that, I was more of a 24 guy. I like the uh, I'm I'm uh, I, I learned on a basically on a well on a. 1855 kit but then the, the, the nifty 50 the 51.8 and so yep. I, I do love 50 50 is a nice one because it's small it's kind of like a pocket lens you could just take with you and it's not very conspicuous yeah and then uh and then the again that 28 to 70 or whatever that i have that barely comes off i'm recording on the 50 right now and so for the podcast i have it on and for every yeah. day kind of walking around uh i'll have it on but uh yeah for work i put on that put on that zoom today's episode is brought to you by prairie view photo tours Prairie View Photo Tours invites photographers of all levels to book their all-inclusive, authentic Alberta adventure at pvphototours.com. One of my last, um, you know, I, I, I kind of view my photography uh, as like a, a three-act play at the moment, right? Like it will eventually maybe have more acts. But the first act was like learning, experimentation, fun, whatever, joy. And then there was... Um, 
you know, starting in 2009, my professional career and now my like reemergences and adoration of it, right? Like I'm in no way a professional photographer right now. I have just found a dream job that allows me to be around and in photography all day, talk about photography all day without all of the terrible bullshit that comes with being a photographer, right? Like image releases, location releases, booking, uh, uh, you know, like chasing clients for money, everything that it requires to earn a living from photography, like sucked my soul dry, but the like art of making and, and creating and like getting into an intimate space with a couple or an individual and taking like really meaningful portraits and spending time, you know, like figuring out how I want to portray myself or, you know, like uh, getting comfortable in my own skin and my own body uh, is like, Ooh, magic. Right. And like, that's the, that's where photography has come in is like this little uh, creative space for me, as opposed to a place that I need to like ring every ounce of, potential engagement and potential attention and potential economy out of, right? Like I, that is terrifying to me. Uh, And so there's like those three, those three um, switches, uh, those three eras of my photography, right? Like acts. And the second one, um, I, for almost a year and a half, whenever I was shooting personally for my own work, Right while I was running that studio, I I never felt comfortable taking out like the the full frame cameras that were owned by the studio. Right, so I always had like my own Canon 50D that it was just oh that's just my personal camera, uh, and I used the Pancake 42.8 for almost two years exclusively. Like it was just the only lens that was on my camera. I had others, and I was just like, eh, eh. and so just like the, the little baby Canon Pancake that was like. I don't know, like 10 centimeters tall or something like real small. And it gave the weirdest little aberrations at the edges when you shot wide open. And I loved it. Uh, And so everyone, you know, looked at me really weird when I'd like show up at the party with like, you know, the smallest lens in the world, like the hand grip on the 50D stuck out further than the lens itself. (laughs) And they were like, did you, did you just like slap a cap on it? Like, are you just doing pinhole photography digitally? What's going on, man? And I'm like, no, this is great. It's a hundred dollars. Right. At the time that was also incredible because I was uh, significantly more uh, economically challenged than I am now. And like, man, hundred bucks for a nice lens that I could use for years. What a treat. That's kind of like why the 50 is great because it's, 150 200 bucks or something like that and uh, you can get some great results with it so yeah, yeah totally, totally understand that. it's like the it's like people's first real introduction to boca when you're like getting started of like whoa 1.8 like what is it? there's like some that you know like 2.8 is awesome especially at like 70 or you know like a 200 at f4 or whatever is also like there's a lot of there's a lot of wonderful things that happen there but man when you get below two there's just, whew, there's 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 witchcraft in them there, little <laughs> floaty bubbles. You mentioned um, kind of the soul-sucking nature of like the non-photography aspects of a photography career. And one of those is uh, for me, and I'm sure for you, definitely social media management. And I say for you because looking at your yep. website, you are, uh, you are basically absent from online uh, social media except for uh, Glass. Uh, and your website yeah. says the best way to get a hold of you is via email. 
Regrettably, yep. Yeah, <laughs> regrettably. But uh, yeah, I, I like the big one for photographers has been Instagram, and for a long time now, it's just been not enjoy. It. Like I, I have such a hard time keeping up with it because I just don't enjoy it anymore. Uh, I do find yeah. enjoyment on Twitter. I on YouTube, it's the podcast, a different thing. But I found, I, I was actually out. Um, I was shooting in Jasper with a, a friend from about an hour away from me, Grand Prairie, Alberta, up here in Canada. And uh, we were just talking about social media and where we post our stuff. And he mentioned he uh, he's the one who told me about Glass, uh, uh, Jesse Wright on Glass. So thanks for that. Anyways, uh, yeah, thanks so for I that. tried it out. And you guys have a two-week two week trial. And so I'm like, yeah, I'll yeah. check it out. And I uh, was almost immediately hooked uh, because of how simple it is, the minimalist aspect of it. There's none of that social media-ism about it, like the hashtags and the algorithms and the ads and the you know short-form yeah. video content or whatever. And um, it seems to be a pretty intimate community uh, right now, but just really, really about the art of photography. Um, yeah. So I, I love the app. I don't want to, we can talk all about it. And uh, so, yeah, that's, uh, t- 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 tell, me about, that. tell me about why maybe you're not on socials and, and why Glass uh, and. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. I mean, I'm I'm on. I I have a Twitter that I'm um, that I need to delete. Like Twitter, Twitter legitimately was my favorite social network for a decade, uh, almost 15 years, right? Like I've been on Twitter on and off since 2006, since it like was released, and I like really really adored it. Uh, it was how I kept a lot of connections, a lot of networks, and you know, um, Elon Musk is really bad at running Twitter. He's just really, really terrible at running that social network. And that was uh, pretty brutal. And like the changes that have shifted there have like kind of fractured the network and, and the the friend group that I had. And so it sounds like, okay, cool. I can join seven friends on Blue Sky and six friends on Mastodon and like three weirdos on LinkedIn. Uh, right. Cause you know, so like I, the, the, the centralization of it, uh, really broke and then like i do have an instagram but it's for friends right like instagram's a beautiful shopping app that you can dm your friends on uh and <laughs> that's right like if if qvc was a the best way to like send a text to your friends we would use it it's just not it's it's instagram uh and i god there there are like three things that happened all at once oh that led to this right you know like uh Flickr under Yahoo's mismanagement missed the boat on mobile, just straight up missed it. Right. You know, like one of the, one of the magical things about Flickr back in the day was being able to easily get a photo on the internet and then share it elsewhere. Right. Like you could embed it somewhere. You could put it in an iframe and post it on a forum anywhere. Right. Like web two point early web 2.0 before we commercialized the web with attention economies ran on passion, right? Like it, it ran on what we cared about and, connecting us with people that we cared about the same thing, right? You know, the, the, your common connection was whatever the hobby was. And then that common connection allowed your sense of community to deepen as you spent time there, right? Like that's how, that's how it used to work on the internet. Now it is, I need your eyeballs because I need to show you an ad every third thing, because that's how we maintain our trillion dollar market cap. Uh, like that's, (laughs) <laughs> that's that's just kind of the reality of the situation. So when um, Tom uh, Watson, Tom uh, Watson uh, was early at Facebook, 
um, as a designer. He was one of like the first 15 designers to ever work at Facebook, right? He was in charge of web or, or no, no, no. Sorry, I, I got to get this right. He was in charge of mobile because they didn't have an app yet because the iPhone, because the iPhone, he got a company Blackberry. Uh, <laughs> so like that's the, that's a level of early he was at. And, you know, then it, things rapidly changed. And when uh, Facebook bought Instagram, it was like pretty clear what was going to happen, right? Like everyone was very distressed about it. It honestly took longer than we thought, right? You know, like everyone's like, oh no, Instagram's going to be dead in years. And it's like, no, it had a long tail of becoming what it is today. There were still like many good years while Facebook, you know, kind of didn't uh, have all of its claws in it. And then Kevin Systrom, the co-founder of Instagram left and, uh, someone else was put in charge and you know now it's just fully wrapped into everything that facebook does um so tom had the idea for glass originally back then right like right after it got bought 2012 he's like oh no there's not going to be a nice photography community on the internet so instagram got bought uh flickr you know after eating flickers after eating flickers uh, the the support for easily sharing things and following people and having like a feed didn't really exist and you know, they kind of just stripped everything out of Facebook's uploading flow uh, and just had like this really simple here's your photo here's your feed right you know like Facebook's at the time feed was like oh here's one photo and here's your 18 things but you got to click through and each thing like there were, there were deepening layers to get through to the photos and Instagram was like no just, here's the photo right um and that was really magical and really great uh and then it you know grew like wildfire took over the world and then became something that had to be optimized into the business model that facebook had which is attention economy mm-hmm. and so it kept dipping and like where it matters for photographers is like your following count doesn't exist anymore like it doesn't matter you can, we, I was talking with a photographer, um, this last weekend, Ryan Muirhead. He's a really exceptional film photographer out of Portland, Oregon. He has 150,000 plus followers on Instagram. It will regularly get a, like a hundred, couple hundred likes per post, right? You know, like 150,000 people follow him and he gets less than, less than half a percent of engagement and, you know, less than a percent of views per photo uh without paying you have to you know if you pay five thousand vote five thousand dollars you get you can get boasted to what your organic reach was before Mm. um and like that's terrible and that's bad just in general right so like the 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 vanity metric of oh you have a lot of followers now it doesn't really matter right like it, it it makes people feel cool when they go to their profile page but it doesn't mean anything right it only means uh, getting views is only if you can do something that pleases the ever-changing, ever-growing algorithms on Instagram, right? Adam Mosseri, the head of Instagram, released a video a couple weeks ago of like, hey, here's how the algorithm works again. Now y'all know. And it's like, okay, but... <laughs> it's like it, it was like 10 minutes of just him making that noise. <laughs> We're guessing, right? We're showing you whatever. It doesn't matter. You just got to look at Instagram, man. And like, that's not a way to live, right? And nor is it a way or a spot to make a living. 
And so like we, we cornered the market on, you know, Instagram corners, the market on photographers and this idea of like community and everyone needs to be there. And then, uh, built the, you know, like built its entire brand on photographers and then pivoted away from them. And so glass, uh, was this very simple idea of it's, it's God, it sounds really broken when the, when I describe it as simply and plainly as this glass is an ad free algorithm free community of photographers that has a sustainable business model. That's it, right? You pay us $30 a year. Uh, you can sign up for, tw you know, like we always have introductory offers that are 20 USD a year. And uh, in exchange, you get a chronological feed, really nice photographers, very easy to navigate uh, feed. And you upload photos, you get feedback on your photos, you can comment, you can find your people. We are not going to show them to you, right? Like we are not going to ever put something in your feed. We are never going to uh, just be like, okay, well, Daniel's a really great photographer. He's posting really great portraits, right? Like now it's in your feed. Uh, that That's not us. And that's it. That's uh, like, that's the revolutionary idea of glass of we trust you enough that you get to follow what you want. And that's it. Right. You know, like the, it, it, it's very simple. We launched in August of 2021 with, uh, iOS only. And then, uh, a few months later we added glass for web. A few months after that we added, um, signing up on our website so you could sign up for glass without an iphone you know email password and then a few months after that we had a uh ipad app and you know now we have android windows where wherever you are we're there uh very you know it, it, it's just a it's just a business we're just running a thing we're selling a product instead of your attention so therefore we have like little things right you know like that that as our core foundation of our business of we are not trying to get you addicted to this thing, it's just a nice place for you to be, uh, leads to a lot of unexpected little things that are like marvelous, right? Like you can post a, a, a URL link. You can post a link in a comment or in a, a photo caption and it works. You don't just have the one in the bio that opens in a system, you know, browser to keep you in the system. So you exit out and then you're still on Instagram, right? Like we're not there. There, there are entire multi-million dollar businesses that are built on the link in the bio, right? Like the, the different, um, link tree and bento box and like all of these different little things that it's just like, Oh, we're just trying to like fix the broken things that Instagram is making, us do as opposed to oh yeah you want to go somewhere else on the internet go for it right like <laughs> that those little shifts uh end up you know like causing a really weird thing to happen it also means that uh people have a rough time getting started on glass typically mm -hmm. right you know like when you sign up for instagram right now you tell it three things about you and it shows you a billion different things like you can reach the end of glass you like will regularly reach the end of class. If you follow 20 people, 
and you catch up to what they've posted that day, you're done, right? Like you can keep exploring. You can look at camera pages, right? Like you can go uh, look at the few photos that people have uploaded from the new like a Q3, or you can look at, uh, you know, like that new Sony lens that you're thinking about buying. You can look at that lens page, but like the, the feed itself is you reach the end, right? Like this chronological feed is it. If, only a hundred photos have been posted since you last checked. You're only going to see those hundred photos and that's it. So uh, let's, um, let's uh, jump over front to glass. I'll give a little screen share here and uh, we can talk about it as we go through. And, uh, I'm new to the screen sharing. So let's just make sure that, uh, we good here. Are we, yeah, we're all, can you see me working in together. Oh, there I am. Hey guy. Hey, Okay, so yeah, so this is your profile. So this is yeah, just your feed of images. And I just love how it's just literally letting the work speak for itself. It's the photo. And if you like a photo, you, you know, you click on it. And this is what I love up here is you have the XF data all included. So you can, you know, I, I just love that. I love those little details. There's a lot of little magic that happens in like knowing the EXIF data for a professional or, you know, someone, an enthusiast, right? Like knowing that something is only ISO 100 or 200 or, you know, knowing what um, focal length you're at or what, like you can ask like, oh, what'd you shoot this at? Right. Uh, like it doesn't have it on because it's a, because it's an adapted lens on the GFX 100, the photos that we're looking at right now you don't get the focal length, but if you go to, um, a few later in my feed photos, um, you'll see a, uh, oh, see, there's the one I was talking about with the, with the baseball. Um, we up here, up a little more, up a little more, a little more, a little more. We're going to get that. We're going to get my, oh, this one here, that one. Yeah, there we go. Right. Like that's better than any photo of a field, right? Like I, you can't fit in a full field and make it feel impactful, but like an old man watching baseball, like he's clearly sat there for like 50 years. I asked him, it was actually like 35. Uh, <laughs> but you know, like there, there's like a little, there's a little magic that exists in that uh, closeness. Um, and so, but you know, we, we don't have hashtags on glass. So we uh, categorize everything in categories. We have a new monthly category every month. Uh, so like this, this month's um, is rural. Uh, last month was uh, reflection. And so, you know, like we have these different categories, a new one gets added every month, and it's kind of the theme for the month. Um, but it, as, you know, as people work through it and as people upload things and, you know, go back through, you kind of get like this sense of personally for me, right? Like you get this sense of like how you work and the type of work that you make and the type of photos that you take in a way that you weren't really cognizant of before, right? You know, like last month was reflection month on glass. Mm -hmm. uh, and it turns out I take a lot of reflection photos, right? Like reflections <laughs> are a recurring motif in my work uh, that I didn't really realize, right? Like until I'm going back through and I'm like, oh, I have like 50 already uploaded. Here I am. Uh, and so, you know, like there's this, a lot, a lot of how I talk about my own, of how I talk about my own, slowing down, figuring out the details, caring about 
the the edges and the margins of your work as opposed to just like here's a cool photo i hope it does well for the algorithm right you know like when you're uploading for an algorithm or when you're uploading trying to get um you know reach and artificially trick a computer into showing your image to people who might like it you are no longer making art for yourself you are no longer creating for the art an act of creation, you are trying to trick a computer. And that's like a pretty grim way to live, uh, which, you know, like you, you deserve better. Uh, and so, you know, one of the things that's really tricky with glass is that when people sign up and when people use it for the first time, it feels like work, right? Like it feels like there, there, there's effort that you have to put in to customize your feed, to, find the people that you're looking for to, you know, like figure out that EXIF data is there and how to include it on your images. There's like all these little things that's like, oh, this feels like work, but it's just not being done for you. It's stuff that we should have always been doing. We've just kind of like switched to this Wally uh, mode of consumption when it comes to a few of the apps and the programs that we use on a day-to-day -day basis, right? You know, like if you put down Instagram for a month and then you pick it back up, it's like, it's like a bizarro world, right? You know, like everything is exaggerated. Everyone's moving a little bit more. Everyone's acting a little different. Everyone's shouting a little more. There's like a little bit more rigidity and jitteriness to people's motion. They're like, everything about it is fine tuned because one person has noticed that this little thing happens, right? Mm -hmm. When you do this. Uh, you know, I, I'm a marketer and I do all the marketing community management for glass and all the social media stuff. And so, you know, like we are taking Instagram more seriously as a channel for our platform. Be like, Hey, Ryan Mearhead, that guy's great. You should follow him. Uh, done. He's like, <laughs> just scrolls down. There you go. Um, anyway, so like the, this idea of, uh, like, work and like getting people have kind of forgotten what organic um or organic engagement feels like and what or organic connection feels like because everything has been so optimized to hell on the other platforms that we've all been you know like boiling frog in the water put in yeah. uh yeah. where you know it just doesn't it like it hits different when uh like five or ten people comment on your photo on glass than you know 50 people on instagram we have we have multiple photographers who are you know like hundreds of thousands of followers on instagram who put in the work on glass and are seeing more people from a significantly smaller network right like we measure we we measure the a number of accounts in, in five digits on glass as opposed to the literal billions of people on instagram but you know like there there is uh strength in that small but mighty number and there is like real connection that exists and because of how we've built it and how we've designed it that connection and that vibe and that community scales right you know like the the when we started glass uh, we started with a private beta of 100 people and it was just like Tom and to a lesser extent me just going through everyone's photos and being like, Hey, 
great job. I love this photo, right? Uh, and then when we added, you know, when we launched, suddenly 25,000 people came through the door and we're like, Wah! <laughs> right? Like, hooray, but also, whoa, that's terrifying, whoa, right? <laughs> and, and so then it was like, okay, how do we make sure everyone's having a nice time doing what they're, you know, like doing what they're supposed to be doing, that sort of thing. And, um, you know, there, there are a few different things that we've done along the way that like helped with that. Uh, we launched, uh, day one with, uh, reporting and, uh, blocking. So you could block someone that was harassing you. You could report, uh, you know, comments and, and, uh, things that don't fit our code of conduct. We have a real code of conduct that's enforceable. Um, and so, you know, like once, like once a month, some, okay. Right. You know, cause like being, being a troll is a way to get attention, right? Like every algorithm is built on um, amplification and divisiveness, right? Like there's no there's no algorithm that is finely tuned to make sure everyone is nice. Tuned to make sure everyone is nice. There's more money well, because in we're so range. wired. Yes, yeah. we're so wired to gravitate towards outrage that, of course, that's what grabs our attention, and the algorithm knows that. So that's it's just this uh, negative feedback loop. It, yeah, it, it like, and then it like rots all of our brains and like shatters democracy, right? You know, like there, there's more money in uh, WhatsApp allowing genocide in Myanmar than being like, hey, don't, right? There, there are like so many different little things that we have had all of these like small unintended consequences that have like ballooned in scale and scope as tech has taken over the world and has, you know, VC backed internet companies have, you know, like cemented themselves as like interconnect interconnectivity of our lives. Uh, and so, you know, like glasses are attempt to kind of like return back to that, like earnest internet of the early aughts, uh, you know, like web 2.0 where you're, you're just connecting with people about a thing you care about. Yeah. And, you know, like, sure, there are, um, there are like ways to, there, there are ways to like return your experience to a calmer experience on other platforms, but like, it's not real. Right. And it's not, it's not, uh, extended, right. You know, like a chronological feed is marvelous. There's so much, joy that happens in a chronological feed uh that we just don't get anywhere right like that just doesn't exist on the internet and sure like yeah i switched to it but now uh it's switched back and now suddenly i've lost an hour because i wasn't paying attention and i just watched 87 cooking videos or like 12 climbing videos or whatever right like it's so easy to just lose yourself in these things because that's what they're designed to do they're designed to just, you know, the like destroy your ability to pay attention to anything else and to get like these little dopamine hits, right? Like it's just a dopamine casino of like, we know you're going to feel good when you get a little flashy or we know you're going to feel great when you get this notification saying that someone liked your thing. And there is something that is, and there is something that is earning that your photos is because you have connected with them over weeks or months or years now right like there are people who have been on glass since the beginning so we're coming up on two years of like this shared understanding shared friendship shared caring and as more and more people join they like get folded into this and you know all these little sub networks and sub pockets and sub communities exist and like it's just it's 
whew, it's magic. Like watching watching people organize themselves about a thing they care about, uh, and then like watching that branch out and grow into something more is like the coolest part of my coolest part of my day every day. So uh, as you're talking there, you're seeing this refresh with new users come up here. Are these people that just joined the app that are now posting, or why is there, why are they being shown new to me? Uh, it's it's just a it's just a different randomized list of uh, our members. Uh, and every time I sign in, this would be a different list. Yeah. Awesome. So can you, can yeah. You take so us? there's no. Sorry. Go right. Ahead. So here. Yeah. Oh. Okay. So uh, when you sign into Glass, um, the there's your main feed, which if you are on your phone, it's a single feed of edge to edge image. If you are on, uh, if you're on iPad or desktop, uh, it's this beautiful, you know, masonry grid of just here's beautiful photos, well categorized. You can mouse over on web and see who posted it. Uh, and then when you click through, you can see the XF data if it's there, who posted it, when they uploaded it, when it was taken. Uh, and then the categories that they had posted it to, you can post an image to three categories, and then you can comment, appreciate, share, bookmark. That's it. Like there, there, there's no, there's no dancing. There's no magic here. Uh, well, no, there is magic here. There's just nothing <laughs> behind the scenes happening. Uh, and then there's the explore page, which has just a member list with a bunch of film strips of their photos, so you can get, uh, you can scroll through it, find, you know, if you see someone's. You know, so someone catches your eye, like that photo of the Grand Canyon, you can just kind of like click through like, oh, I really like that. You can appreciate it. You can comment. If you keep looking at their photos, you keep liking it. You can just follow them if you decide to. Uh, and then outside of that, the next thing in the Explore page is our highlight section. Uh, so our highlight section is where I just, you know, share some of our favorite photographers or a weekly uh, set of photos from a photographer on the platform, our announcements, you know, the, our, our favorites from the monthly category, what our new monthly category is, rinse, repeat. Uh, so this is, you know, it's effectively our blog, uh, but it's, it is always human curated. It is always just focused on here it is. Um, and then uh, after that, it's our categories. So right now I want to say we have like 34, 35 categories. We launched with 24 launched in October, whatever. I'm not going to do the math. That many categories. As you can see, if you're watching this on YouTube, that's how many there are. So uh, <laughs> we add a new one every month. Um, one day I'll stop, right? Like I know one day will be the last new monthly category, uh, but not anytime soon, right? You know, like I've got, I've, I've got a long list of stuff that's still going to get added. Um, and we, you know, like we purposefully only do one a month instead of like one a week or one, a, you know, like we don't want this to become just a huge grid of like hashtags and, oh, you can post your photo to 10 categories or whatever. We don't want that, right? Like we want it tight. We want it, we want this to feel purposeful in how we do it as opposed to the spray of like hoping that someone will show up and someone will see it. So you post it to 10 different hashtags or a hundred different hashtags, right? Like that's not, it's not any way to live. So we don't live that way. Uh, so then you can dive in, explore categories, you know, it, it's categorized. So like long exposures only the long exposure photos. So whatever you like as your own photography or whatever you're trying to get into next, you know, uh, lung exposures is the thing that made me fall in love with photography. 
Yeah. Like I really, that. <laughs> yeah. I, I mentioned in one of my, um, in one of my captions on a post from a couple of weeks ago of just like, it was the first time that I really mastered an aspect of photography for me because I saw a photo and I really wanted to know how to take it. So then I just spent a really long time doing long exposures and finally got it right. And then just like fell in love. Um, and so like getting back to that recently, I, you know, I haven't taken a real long exposure for uh, up until glass launch for like a decade. And so now like peppering those in and doing one every couple of months has been like, oh, this feels great. Um, and then you also have, uh, camera feeds and lens feeds. So that's a huge, that's a huge mess and a huge, like pain in the ass on our end, right? Like doing this <laughs> is terrible. Uh, so you can specifically lenses, but the camera feeds are also pretty gross. Uh, camera companies are really bad at, um, having standardized cared for metadata on their cameras. So like Nikon up until their last handful of mirrorless images just didn't include anything. So when you oh, would yeah. shoot, so when you'd shoot something on like 24 to 70, the like hard 24 to 70 um, Nikon lens, it would just show, it would say 24 to 70 2.8. It would not say Nikkor 24, right? Like it, it would not tell you that it was a Nikkor, but the difference between a Canon 24 to 72.8 and a Nikkor 24 to 72.8 is vast, right? Like that, the difference between those two lenses is a lot in the details. And so like we couldn't really include them. It's huge pain. So these, this is like a manually curated data management right like we are a uh, stefan our um engineering co-founder uh goes through and like cleans up metadata once a week right like that's his that's his thing of like okay well i've i'm killing time or like i'm procrastinating on something else so i'm just gonna go turn on some new lenses and we'll just spend an hour or two being miserable with uh like sql queries to get this data out um but like it is that's great we we like distinctly remembered we all three of us had this lie that we had told ourselves uh summer murdoch's an incredible photographer definitely give her a follow uh she does like magical things with water she spends so much time um oh, shooting in the water <laughs> and that. oh perfect uh like just un unbelievably good vibes from her work. I don't know how she does. It. I need to, I need to like interview her for our podcast or uh, get you know get get her on our highlight section so I can understand her connection with water because it's so inspirational. Uh, and so you know like that's the sort of thing that you can do, right? Like you find a photographer you really like who has something really incredible, and then you can just ask them a question and they respond. Because this isn't a, you know, it's not a rat race. We're not trying to, no one is trying to monetize this, right? Like there's no great way to make money on glass. There are people who have made money on glass, but they're not like, you know, they're, they're not basing their entire income off of making sure their glass profile is nice in the same way that people try to do that with Instagram or to a certain extent, like TikTok or Facebook or their website, whatever, right? Like glass is specifically designed to be a community 
over a shared interest and that shared interest is photography. And that is a very big difference than we have tricked you into <laughs> assuming and pretending that like this is a place to make business, but it's actually a place for us to make money, right? You know, like uh, Instagram and meta products are just selling your attention to the highest bidder as opposed to you earning from it, right? Um, and, you know, that's not to say that there won't be tools and there won't be ways for people to make money on glass in the future. But right now it's like exclusively just a community, just a place to get inspired, just a place to learn, just a place to grow and appreciate other people's work. Uh, and, and like, there's something, there's something good about that. It is like after, after years and years of feeling like there wasn't really a place on the internet for us and a place on the internet for like a, a calm shared love and adoration for a thing, right? You know, all of these places used to be forums, used to be Flickr groups, used to be, you know, to a certain extent like Facebook groups. And then as those products were either left and withered and died, you know, like forums shut down, people stopped paying the hosting bills or, you know, um, Facebook pivoted to video or bought Instagram or like reshuffled their thing. So deprioritized groups, deprioritized reach, deprioritized, right? Like you can lose your livelihood and lose your sense of community and self over a, a product manager's whim decision in a meeting in like Menlo Park. And that's a huge bummer. Uh, and so, you know, like we are the product like explicitly you are paying us money we are giving you a service as opposed to uh you know be here for free we will sell we will make money off of you and um that shift does something once you get over that hump of putting in the initial effort to set up your network and set up your profile and like start finding people and start uh for lack of a better word decompressing from algorithms Right. And now because, you know, I've been using glass for almost three years now because of our private beta, but like, I didn't actually think it was going to be for me. Right. You know, like when, when we built this, I wanted it to exist. We wanted it to function and be out in the world. We wanted to try to like solve this little corner of the internet for our members. But I never thought personally that I would get its intended purpose out of it, right? Like I thought I was too jaded, too burnt out, too, you know, like been working on the internet at that point for nearly 20 years. I started very young. I started designing websites when I was 13. Um, and so like I've been actively building communities and projects on the web for 20 years and was just like, it's done for me, right? Like the magical moments of a Flickr group that like impacts my life and like, you know, stopped making me be a suicidal teen in Idaho uh, was like gone and it wasn't coming back. And it wasn't literally until like seven or eight months ago that glass really like hit home for me. I was like, Oh my God. And I, like, I think it was part of this fear of like it going away. Right. You know, like so many apps come out right now and like the traditional way for an app to come out right now is it raises one to $3 million in VC funding launches itself, you know, flash in the pan. Hello, it's here. And then it disappears. 
right? Because not enough people pay for it. They can't raise their next round. There's not a business model. It's just like, oh, we're figuring it out. We're trying cool stuff. And it's like, no, you're not. Like you're, you, you just build something, charge for your product, do something, God, right? And that never happens. And so then these things disappear. And so I just like disconnected from caring about the things that I, you know, used and, and spent my time on because I couldn't conceive of a thing sticking around long enough for it to like impact me and, and, and be something I could get attached to. And so like, you know, even actively building this platform and community and like making it effectively my life's work, right? Like Tom Stefan and I have been working on this night and day for three years now, have many more years that we're, you know, like, going to continue to put into it it's like we are in this for the long haul we are not trying to sell to some we are not trying to sell to some uh like this is we, we are building this because we want it to exist and we are committed to it existing in a way that we think that protecting that little bit of magic that we've found and like even through all of that all of these conversations all of that effort i didn't think it would be for me right like i didn't think that i would get to partake in that magic and then uh sometime at the beginning of this year and the last year it just like all kind of snapped into place and i was like whoa my god i love the thing we made right like oh i love these people i love this place i love how i feel i'd like oh and like it you know like awoken this like care about a thing on the internet it helps that you know making it but like it, it it was for me and that's like that's a really weird really powerful thing to have happen and that's what's happening every day for a different member or a different set of members and like that's feels good well you know it's a good it's a good business model because people will pay for what they care about and it's very evident that the people at glass care about photography that's what i love about it you know i it's uh i don't look at glasses so much as a way to market myself or promote because it's just other photographers that are looking at it, but uh, they really appreciate the art and they appreciate the photography itself. And uh, that, I just love being around that. Yeah. Same. <laughs> yeah. Same. Whew. Awesome. Any um, quick, quick question. Any plans of including private message, like a private messaging feature on glass at some point in the future? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Great. Uh, it's, it's one of those, it's one of those things that's hard. It's been hard to prioritize. Um, cause it is, you know, like this is, this is a fun look into the curtain of decision-making. Uh, but it is a big old, it, it's a big vector for abuse. Um, right. Uh, of like spam and, uh, someone, uh, you know, like, oh, I'll be nice in the comments, but I'll, sh you know, like a really mean person in the DMs sort of thing. And so like we, uh, had talked about like including it at launch and like delaying our launch and like really focusing on it. But it was like, we're a team of three, right? Like we don't, I'm, I am our trust and safety team and I don't have time to manage that. Um, and so we had to, you know, we had to like ingrain uh, the kindness and like the focus on photography and, and the uh, community standards that we had a little better. And then it kept, and now it's become a okay we can get camera feeds or direct messages we can get and so it's like it's one of those things that's hard to prioritize but i imagine that what will end up happening uh like all good things on glass it happens vaguely through a lot of hard work and then procrastination 
So like how, how we, how we work as a team is like Tom will do all the product designs and like get really high fidelity thoughts, plans, figured out write-ups is how it works. And then it'll go into the queue and we'll like organize our roadmap as is, um, which we also change based on member requests and member feedback. Uh, you know, if you go to back, uh, you know, if you go to features and what's coming, uh, and like what we're working on now, and we change that based on who is using it and who is suggesting things. And, you know, like we have changed ordering before where it's like, oh yeah, we really think that, uh, you know, this feature would be great next, but it's, oh no, it turns out people really want public profiles. Okay, great. We'll do public profiles, that sort of thing. Um, and so, you know, we, we take community feedback in and now it's gotten to the point that like one of those, you know, so one of these days in, uh, the coming months, Tom will sit down one week and design what direct messages will look like. And then Stefan will have something that he is trying to ignore. And so then he'll write the API for fun. I'll be like, doo, 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 doo. oops, I made it. Uh, so like direct messaging will come. There are a few other ones that I could probably confirm that are coming right now. We're working on a, um, a significantly improved search uh, experience. So you'll, you'd be able to type in something like, oh, show me, um, you know, every yellow photo on glass. And I'll just say, okay, here's every yellow photo, that sort of thing. Uh along with a human curated feed where I will just be like, here are our favorite photos that are on class. And so, you know, like imagine if the Instagram Explorer page was just me sitting there looking at photos being like, no, this is a good one. You guys should look at this photo. Rinse, repeat, as opposed to a hundred people like this photo, send it to the top. Right. Uh, so yeah. So that like that, that's something we're working on right now. And hopefully that will be out before the end of summer. Um, awesome. Yeah. Daniel. Yeah. I really appreciate you coming on today and, and joining me to take your time out of your busy schedule to chat about uh, about this wonderful app that we both call home, so that's great. Uh, Hell yeah. Pe people can find you, your website, danielag.com, is down below in the ticker, as well if they go to class.photo, there'll be a slash uh, Daniel. Slash Daniel, uh, that's a good one. If you're on, <laughs> slash Daniel, yeah. If you're on Glass, it's just at Daniel, so that's the difference. Um, And that's another cool thing I love about Glass is that <clears> – <throat> It uh, has kind of, you don't have to have the app to view kind of a public facing profile. So that's really yeah. cool too. So people can use it kind of as a, uh, as a bit of a por current portfolio to see my current work, you know, that's really nice. A lot of people do that. It's really fun. We had someone book an incredibly large contract. Uh, they sent me an email about it a couple of months ago. They were like, yeah, I just made 30 grand because I sent someone my glass profile. Like they were like negotiating through and they were like, no, no, no. See, look here, yeah, I can... Their like portfolio had X type of work, but they were shooting and pitching for more Y. That was on their right. glass portfolio. And they're like, no, no, I here, just look at my glass profile. And they like sent it over and they're like, Yeah, this looks great. Here you go. And I was like, Hell awesome. yeah, we should charge you That's more great. than $30. You make <laughs> if you make more, if you if you suddenly make a hundred or a thousand X more than the monthly fee, we should just bump that up a little bit. That's the that's the future, right? <laughs> uh, i gotta keep it keep it affordable it's uh it's fantastic yeah. though um yeah thanks for coming on again and um people want to reach out to you how do they reach out to to do member feedback talk about glass uh ask about glass uh yeah uh just just daniel at glass.photo is my awesome. is my email beauty 
Sorry. Perfect. Thank you very much. Have a great Thank day. You. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. See you on Glass. Yeah, see, yeah, see you on the internet. Oh.